0: For Last night,
1: people protesting in
0: Stop New letting people talk you out of your power.
1: How we build a movement that allows us to respond to all the names that people don't even People begin to think it's isolated. That's the problem. We're not angry enough. This is Life After the Impact, a podcast for impacted families by and impact with families. The focus is on what happens after the media, the lawyers, and the activists are gone.
0: When the cameras are gone, people leave. We have to be there for each other.
1: Impacted families are left to face the loss of a loved one to police-sponsored violence. We will focus on their continued fight for justice and how you can get involved. I tell families, you know, fight. Everybody can do something that you don't have to sit home and feel helpless and hopeless. We gotta stop loud people talking about our power. That's the main thing. change overnight.
2: But we gotta start somewhere.
1: I might as well go ahead and start here. We didn't have- And I you know, as you were talking about the them um using the um excuse that they fear for their life. Now um I've been I don't know about nobody else, but you know, when I was a kid, I've been chased by a dog before. You know, you fear for- <laughs> You see a dog chasing you and their in their in their uh uh teeth uh growling and chasing you. I never stopped and turned and started chasing after the dog. You get that, right. <laughs> I kept here for my life. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. you say you're scared for your life. You don't turn around and chase the person. Right. Come, Come,
2: Come on. So that is right. that
1: on the face of it is a bold face lie. We know yes. that right. again, we have divine on our side. We have divine power on our side. Yeah. Truth comes to the earth. I don't care how you try to hide it, how Come you Mix it up and make it sound, remix it and try to make it sound plausible. Right. <laughs> I will never hold water. That's mm-hmm. what I've always been told. And so we're going to expose the truth of these things and we not stopping. Yes. Um, I, I encourage everybody to, to develop a habit of being like the sun, like the sun keep rising, we keep rising. Mm-hmm. Amen, amen, come on with it. <laughs> but it's achievable. <laughs> it's an achievable discipline. Good evening, everyone. My name is Roxanne Johnson. My son's name is Jamal Bird. He was um, murdered by D.C. Metropolitan Police October 1st, 2019. I'm here with my uh, illustrious co-host, LaToya. Good evening, LaToya. I was
0: about to say, keep playing
1: that clip. You was getting a word. <laughs> sometimes you'd be like that.
0: <laughs> I almost forgot who he was, and I said, oh, that's her, oh. he is her, <laughs> right? Good evening, you guys. My name is Antonia Benton. Um, I am the mother of Xavier Hill. Xavier was killed at the age of 18 by two Virginia State officers, sorry, State Troopers, uh, January the 9th, 2021. Tonight, we are honored to be joined by Dini Lara. Did I say it right?
2: You did, Thank you. <laughs> Jeannie, go ahead, please. So my name is Jeannie Lara. I am the mother of Jorge Antonio Gomez. He was murdered at a Black Lives Matter protest on June 1st, 2020. Um he was shot as he was going back to his vehicle um, by Officer John Squillo, who shot five less than lethal rounds. Um that caused him to run as he was waiting at a crosswalk light. Um, Officers across the street, um, Dan Emerton, uh, Ryan, Ryan Fryman, um, Dan Emerton, Ryan Fryman, Vernon Ferguson, Andrew Locker, four officers shot him 19 times as he was running away, Um, shot 19 times in the back and on his left flank.
1: Mm. I'm so sorry for your loss. So sorry for your loss. Thank you. Um, what has happened? Has anything happened to these officers? These cowardly, cowardly officers?
2: So about two and a half weeks after John Squillo set all this in motion, he actually was in a bar and bit somebody in a bar, and what? he was asked. Yes. 19 days. 19 days after he he shot Juan Antonio with less than lethal rounds, he went to a bar, he bit someone at a bar, and he was asked to resign. So he's no longer at the force. Uh, Wait, (laughs) wait a minute. So he was asked
0: to resign not because he killed your son, but because he bit someone at a bar.
2: He was asked to resign because he was a problem child. He started in 2014 on the force. Um, He came straight off the line of Chipotle and um he actually killed two people prior to shooting my son uh he killed um brian keith day and rex wilson um two two years after he started working so 2015 2016 and then 2017 killed the other one and then in 2020 shot my son hey, you know,
0: um, so- and is i'm not understanding how these officers uh especially the how they're getting away with things like this and not going through the process of uh, decertification. Um, I know it's a thing, but I'm not understanding how they get away with stuff like that. Do you know why, why he wasn't decertified?
2: Uh, because qualified immunity protected him on both cases before he shot my son. So he was back on the force within you know, a couple of months. So unfortunately this qualified immunity is the problem child to all of us, isn't it? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And it ain't even a law. That's the part. (laughs) And it ain't even a law, right? So they chose the district attorney in Las Vegas chose not to indict the killer cops that killed your son. Is that what, is that correct?
2: Yeah. So um, again, my son was killed during the the beginning. Well, I guess the peak of COVID in June 1st, 2020. Um, I was actually able to get a sit down meeting with him about three months after my son was killed and he spent about 20 minutes telling me how wonderful the Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Department are, how transparent they are, how this, how that, and how how he's been in, in you know in that office for I don't know 10 years and how he holds everything accountable. And I asked him point blank, so in your 10 years of doing this particular job, how many officers have you actually charged? Mm-hmm. He said um, I'm um, well. I'm well. well um, I'm like the answer is zero. So you're telling me in ten years you've never done your job in my line of work? You'd been fired a long time ago. And I said, let's go. I got up and I left because I knew he wasn't going to do crap. Is I he still district attorney? I'm sorry. Is he still the district attorney? He is. He is. He actually was rehired as district attorney. The sheriff is now governor. Sheriff Lombardo was went from sheriff of Las Vegas to governor of Nevada. Isn't that beautiful?
1: Is, oh my goodness. And so do you all, you all vote for district DA, for district attorneys? Do you vote for them?
2: We do. Oh. And we, hey, were need yeah, we were out there protesting. We had um, other, other, you know, candidates that had offered to reopen families cases that we were, I mean, I'm not political in any way, shape or form, because I think they're all, they're all, you know, they're all bastards, but wow. Um, we were out there, you know, trying to get DA Wilson out of work, out of office, but he got fifty seven percent of the vote. DA Wilson, huh? DA Wilson, um, y'all got to get
1: get him get him yeah. out. And, and can I just say, you know, none of us want to be political, but whether mm-hmm. we whether we actively participate in politics or not, politics affects our lives. The reason yeah. that that in Las Vegas they got a piece of beep, 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 district attorney mm-hmm. is being voted for, right?
0: I how you say uh, about using, all, how you say um, you got to utilize all the tools in a toolbox. This is like one of those cases again. Um, I was looking up today about um, the terms that people sit in the office and, you know, just how long they sit in the office and because of how long their term is their agenda persuades the whole community like doing that direction of time whether it be good or bad or not but it's again our job as a community you know to get back until you know we're like i said it again we, we, we don't want to be political like no one wants you know like do it all the time but like you know that's i think it's part of like you know where we kind of you know where, you know we will admit and say you no know, we're not always political but we got to kind of like get better at doing that because they know a lot of us are not like that and because of that they get away with shit.
2: Well, there's a difference between being political and going to vote. So Mm -hmm. that's what I mean by that. I believe that all people have constitutional right to go out there and vote. We have done voting campaigns as far as getting people registered to vote. I think it's very important because it's very hard for us to complain later when we had an opportunity to make a change today. So I'm very pro-voting, so much so that one of our attorneys is actually was an assemblyman and is now a senator. So as far as that, I'm very pro-voting. I'm not political as far as the Democrats or the Republicans or the independent. I believe in voting and what is best for the community. I right? guess it was,
0: you have a certain balance then, right, between the two. You don't have to be totally like full-fledged dived into it, but you can still be like, you know, right here on the side, you're still very aware of what's going on. Oh yeah. I think, like, when I, like I said, I say it all the time for myself, I just been get registered to vote just this past year, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't then say, but because of, it wasn't because of the... Um, I grew up as a as witness, so we wasn't taught to vote. So when I got older, I now realized, you know, the effects of what it has on me now. So I then can't complain about what's going on and say, now, don't get me wrong, I'm not going to just vote for any or everybody, no, anybody, no. So that's when I say we got to kind of get kind of borderline political because we also can't complain about... No one's in office who can change our policies or not, and we're not kind of borderline political, out knowing who's going into office. You
2: know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. knowledge is power. We need to know what each candidate stands for to be able to vote for what's best for the community. You're
1: hundred percent. And hold them accountable. I just wanted to add that perhaps there, and we, we 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 gonna hear more about your your um your beautiful son, but perhaps there's some people in our audience today that say they don't vote or they want to withhold their vote. Let me explain that withholding your vote thing for you real quick. Withholding your vote is not, this ain't no Valentine's day stuff, (laughs) right? It's how you think you're gonna withhold and women will understand this. I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna be sweet to my significant other. Like that's gonna change him. He got side chicks, boo. do do these people politically care if you don't vote they they make they as matter of fact they make laws to make it harder for you to vote you have to ask yourself why and for you to say well i'm just not gonna vote i'm gonna withhold my vote you are playing right into their hands Mm -hmm. i just mentioned that while we were talking about this thing called voting because people don't understand the power is in voting not withholding your vote or vote for somebody that don't don't, like you said, don't align with your interests. You the might century. as well, yeah, you might as well stick the gun right to your head because you're voting for somebody who most assuredly is not going to be, a, um, care about police reform or yeah, making yeah. law enforcement agents accountable. They don't care because what they talk about law and order. If we mm-hmm. get more law and order, we all going to be in, locked up. Anyway, tell us, um. <laughs> Tell us um more about, about your son. How how did it come that he was at this event and, and that kind of thing?
2: You know, everything just aligned the wrong way that night. My son was actually um, he lived in Oregon. Um he was going to school to be a veterinary pathologist. He was working. Uh COVID hit, and then I was trying to get him back home. I live in Orlando, which let's not get started politics with DeSantis there, but oof. <laughs> um, <thank you. laughs> But I, I live in Florida and um, his dad lives in Vegas. We had lived in Vegas before. So he said, no, mom, I'm just going to go ride it out with dad, you know, because school was closed. His job was closed. I'm going to go ride it out with dad and I'll probably be back, you know, in a couple of weeks to maybe a month or two. I'm like, all right, honey. So then came, uh, you know, the murders, Brianna Taylor, George Floyd. So he went out to protest. They won, I think it was uh, May 29th. Um, 20th or 29th, he went out to protest. This was uh, June 1st was his third night protesting. Um, so he had only been back in Vegas for, I want to say about six weeks at most. Um, so he was, he was out there protesting with thousands and thousands of people. So he had, um, his dad asked him, Hey, when you, cause his car, when he was driving to Oregon had some issue with the tires. So he was using his dad's car. So he dropped off his dad at work and he said. Hey, all I ask you is to leave the car in a safe location. So he's like, okay. So he decides to park it in the federal, in the federal building, um, right behind the federal building, there's a parking area. So he decides to park it Caddy corner to the federal building thinking it would be safe. So he parks it there. He walks down probably about three, four miles from there down to the main strip. He's out there protesting, protesting. Um, then he's on Fremont and lots of full of our dispersed order had happened. Um, and at this time he had to go pick up his dad at work. So he starts walking back. So he's probably about a couple blocks away and he texted his dad. He says, Hey dad, some streets are closed, but I'm on my way. So he is walking down, um, in front of the federal building, there's like a sidewalk obviously, and he's got, walking to the crosswalk and as he's walking, um, there is, uh, in front of the federal building, it's a federal building and right in front of the federal bin, building is a courthouse and there uh, four lines of traffic in between. So he's walking on the federal building side and there she's walking to the crosswalk. So he's walking and he sees the officers up on the steps. There's, I don't know, marshals and police and all this stuff. Now he is legally open caring. We are a two way family. We believe everyone has a right to bear arms. We believe our minority people should be bearing more arms than they are just because they really need to, you know, to to defend and protect our constitutional rights of 2A, Second Amendment. So he's legally open carrying. He's got um, uh, a conversion kit on his back, which looks like a rifle. He's got um, on his right side, on his right hip, he's got, you know, his, his gun. He's got a little... Um, I want to say a fanny pack, you know, or a little book bag type of deal. And he's walking and he knows this isn't a stupid kid. He knows that there's police. They had already on the other two days, you already see videos of him walking, open carrying. No police officer messed with him because it's legal. So he's walking in in the sidewalk. And because he knows that there's officers on the steps, there's officers everywhere around. People are getting arrested for jaywalking. He interlocks his hands in front of them, in front of him. So people, so they could see that he has his hands and nothing's in his hands. And he's walking heel to toe, still kind of protesting. He's walking walking heel to toe so that he's not running. He's not making any type of weird movements. He's walking heel to toe, getting to the crosswalk. An officer, John Squeo, the one that said all this in motion, sees him, says he believes he had a bat and shot him with five less than lethal rounds. Now, less than lethal rounds give off a powdery substance. So because we had a second autopsy done, we know exactly where they hit. Because of course, if you have a first autopsy done, that's going to be the medical examiner with the cops in there telling them what to write. So you have to have a second autopsy. We had a second second autopsy
0: done.
2: Sorry.
0: How'd you get I, this? I, Go ahead, oh,
2: we had well, we had attorneys already at this point. We had attorneys. Um, um. So, when well, the night my son was was actually shot, about a block away, the director of ACLU was waiting at um for uh, Uber with his frat boys, and the police officers took him down. And then there was another attorney that was out there as a legal observer, um, Edgar Flores. And he was an assemblyman, and he was there. So when we found out that my son was killed, we knew we couldn't go alone to to the to the sheriff. We don't trust him, you know. We never did. So you know, we're like, we need to find somebody. We need to find somebody. So we actually found the attorney that was actually there that night, and he, him and his um, legal partner, uh, Rudy Gonzalez, went down there with us to to view the videos that they already had. So they were the ones that suggested we need to get a second autopsy done, you know, because I was numb. You know how it is. Your son's killed, your loved ones killed, you're like
0: You don't know to do that's why I said you're breathing. Well, that's why I said about that because you know, that's another step too that we don't, you know, I didn't hear about a second autopsy until maybe like a probably like a year after the fact, right? That that that's it right. with that an autopsy got that done. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know because they kind of tell you the you know the procedure you kind of like go through, but like you're not thinking to maybe like get
1: that
0: done like later on, you know, until like you hear
1: about the thing later on. So yeah. Yeah. So and, anyway, and so, can, afford, so and I... can you afford a second? Most most families, most can you afford, can afford mm-hmm. a second autopsy or a lawyer. Yeah. And justice should not have a price tag. Oh, but well, we're in a capitalist <laughs> society. So everything got a price tag. That's
2: right. Until I met, until I met Latoya, I had never understood this because we, Mm -hmm. you know, we were were very blessed. The attorneys, um, that we have, um, we're not paying for it's, it's all in, in, under contract. So they took our, our, our case and then the, the, the attorneys (laughs) that we have in Vegas said to us, listen, we are not civil rights attorneys, but we promised to get you a team. And sure enough, they did. They got Dale Galipo out of California, which is like one of the number one civil rights attorney on the on the West Coast. They got another attorney that specializes in jury trial selection and focus groups. So we have a panel of attorneys. And honestly, we're we haven't paid. I mean, our attorneys pay for every they, they they paid for the car to be towed. They paid for our first vigil. No, they remember paid, how we talked about that, right? We talked about the same expenses, right? So remember how yeah.
0: I want you to think about this on a statistical level. Um, And I might be wrong as far as my numbers for today. But um, when I looked at it the other day, I think it said as of today, it's about 56 people who have been killed this year alone by police. This year alone, right? Now, do you really think that each attorney is going to take on each of those cases for free? It ain't going to happen. And then you got, like I said, too, you got the cases like mine when the attorneys will not take on for free. But I'm also not going to be like, okay, we're not going to be free. I'm not going to get it done. That's not going to happen. And because, you know what I'm saying, oftentimes, I mean, I'm saying, I say all the time, when people can't afford to fight the cases, then their thing is they don't do it. And because they don't do it, then now we can't provide case law. So it's like a vicious cycle. So again, as you say, you know, you're blessed, you guys got blessed as far as, um, um, being able to get the pro bono attorney and you have myself who's paying for attorney or not, it's, a, it's like a, um, it's it's how the system is built that way. You know what I'm saying? It's not even like a shocking thing yet because like I said again, if all families were afforded the right to fight for justice, they would do so. I don't think anybody well, would be good. like, "Hey, I don't want to file for my case, you know what I mean?
2: We, we were, I think we were lucky because of the movement and how my son was killed actually fighting for black lives. And because he was out there and there were attorneys out there as legal observers that almost took it personally because they weren't there to actually witness it and be able to save him, that they took it to heart. And, and so it's very different. And it's not that it's pro bono, it's not that it's free. They get a 40%. So whatever the winning is, they get paid at the end. Instead of y'all they're paying you all out of pocket now.
0: Legally though, it's called it's pro bono. Like no matter how you want to put it not free or not, the legal time is pro bono, period. That that is like it's contingency based upon <laughs> they yes so that so like the legal time goes still for bono. Like I said again, we shouldn't feel like somebody should get like luck or whatnot, because we should all get the same we should, we should all luck, you know what I'm saying? We all the, the Constitution is written equally for all of us to get the same equal rights, no matter who's out there, right? I don't give it just one person out there because you got some families who are in these tiny ass towns. Their kids get killed and they get no kind of support. But that does not mean they're not be able to afford the right to fight for justice. That's why mm-hmm. we like to talk to everybody. You gotta kind, of, kind of compare, you know, like what's going on, because again, it shouldn't be where. Um, like I said, I, I just feel like as much with the border justice.
1: saying, am I am I wrong or no? You're absolutely right. And I think once we take this fight a little bit higher, maybe some more people will uh understand and be a part of this. This ain't a black thing, it ain't a white thing, it ain't right. a Hispanic thing, it's a people thing. And we need to understand that social economically, this country works for the very top, the one, the very, very rich. And as a matter of fact, it was created for the very rich white boys.
2: Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you one thing. Yeah, I can tell you one thing. Um, once when we met these attorneys, um, again, my son was killed on Monday, we flew out. They told us Tuesday morning, (laughs) I was there by like five in the afternoon on Tuesday. We got these attorneys on Wednesday and we were at the sheriff's office on Friday. Before we sign the contract with the attorneys, they're actually creating, um, I guess it is pro bono because they're creating a pro bono section under Jorge Antonio's name with any commission that they get. A percentage of that's gonna go back to pro bono work for the community. So that's one thing that these specific attorneys aren't really doing it for, for the money. They're doing it because, I mean, they will text me on a Sunday to see how I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? Just to see if I'm okay. You know, they're, they're, they're just, they're, they're my extended family now. Like that's, that's just what they are, you yeah,
0: know. That's so. Who are, who that's are cool.
2: actually? Yeah, you know, we need that, you know, people who are actually
0: concerned about the, the injustices of the system and not getting a paycheck because those are the ones who are not actually going to um, teach you what's going on, but who are going to be concerned about, you know, the case as well. So let's kind of fast forward real fast. To what you got going on? um scared. Uh What's going yeah. on right, as of right now with the case? What's going on right now with your case? Oh.
2: Okay, so um, we actually have a press conference coming up February 19th in Las Vegas. It's going to be at 10 o'clock in the morning. It's going to be at the, the federal building itself. This is actually where he was shot. He was shot at the Lloyd D. George Federal Building at 33 333 South Las Vegas Boulevard. So we will be out there at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, the press conference is to update everyone on the case. I know many of you, obviously. We don't have the money to fly across the country to do this for everybody. So we have um, um, just to update you guys. We had the motion for summary judgment with the qualified immunity. Uh, the judge came back and denied it. So um, the the office the officers will be will be held accountable. Um, so they denied qualified immunity. For those of you who don't know, um, qualified qualified immunity is really um, it began like in 1871. It protects the state and local officials, including law enforcement from individual liability. Unless there is a clear violation of a constitutional or federal right, that is very important. So whenever a lawsuit's filed, you have to look at a way of what was violated, what constitutional right, federally or state, my loved one was violated. And that's what has to be in that lawsuit. So you have to find a violation to be able to get qualified immunity, okay? The motion for summary judgment is filed by the police attorneys to have a case dismissed, terminated, and not allow us the opportunity to go to trial. So winning the, so them losing, because it's them losing, that's what we want them to do. We want them to lose qualified immunity. We want them to lose the motion for summary judgment. So them losing gives us the opportunity to have an actually jury trial. Now, the right. judge, yeah, the judge has mandated that we go do mediation.
0: You got to keep in mind keep in mind keep in mind like you know we're all in the same steps. Like I said too, we we have we keep it. This is probably like our forty. I, I can't recall what episode we're on with our podcast, right? So we talk about clawback five million mean, all the time on the podcast. We've gone over this like a thousand times, right? Um, as simple as you made it seem, we all know it's not that simple. Um, because if that's the case, then we would all just take those very old simple steps and just be qualified, immunity, right? It's not that simple. Um, because if that's the case, then I wouldn't be paying right now for the appeal for Xavier's case. Um, I think so. I, I like for people too, when y'all have the cases um, in which qualified immunity was not granted. Uh, like she said again, meaning that the officer is not granted getting that on-call um, identity, it's best to, I would say, to she sent me over the document that the lawyer had wrote, and you can find it in Pacer, you guys, do your own research, that's with anybody, because you, what it is, too, is that the case of law, like it's up all the time again, is how you beat Crosby immunity again, too, is by finding case law. It's the cases mm-hmm. that were set president's prior to the fact as to why it was beat. So you have to know the cases that were that that was set in place, and if you don't know those cases, then we can't, like you know, then again, educate each other. So, Pacer it's not free, but you can download the um, the documents, and um, you know, just pay for what you need to look for. But it's case law, and that's when that's why. I, so going back to again, as to why we got to get these cases filed, because when you get the cases filed and it beats qualified immunity, then it then becomes case law. Looking men study other cases and sets precedents for people there for the future.
2: Yeah. And that's one of the things that, that one of the reasons when the the judge says we have to go to mediation, um, I remember my attorney saying, uh, because I told him, I'm not going to go to Vegas for mediation. If they want to do a Zoom mediation, that's fine. And he said, well, they really want to get you out there because it's very emotional. A lot of families, you know, it's very emotional. I'm like, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm going to get pissed off because I know how I am. They're going to offer me money for my son. And there's no value, obviously, for that. Um, So, And the only thing I'm going to do is, okay, if you can arrest the officers, charge the officers, hold them, lock them away, never get a job again, and reopen all these other family cases that should be reopened, not just my son, but all these family cases, then we can talk about mediating. Unless you're doing that, I don't care about the money, so it is what it is.
0: I do want to say this, though, and I'm not trying to throw like salt on it for sale or not, because I do know I've seen cases, too, where they go to mediation. They don't talk about money sometimes. So we also, as a people have to understand, too, because you got to think about it. Um, they, they, already, they already did not do the charges as far as criminal charges are concerned, right? Um, and, and um, you know, we went to Deanna's um, event just recently, right? Mm-hmm. You know, for yeah. a fact. And um, I think on Deanna's case, they had granted them, I think it was like 15 million dollars, something like that in that case. It was appealed. Yeah. Even after that, it was appealed or whatnot. So that's what I'm saying. You know, a lot of times we often we, we hear the we hear words like media and whatnot. We think, you know, hey, they're gonna try to like get a done deal, and then they just drag that shit out. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this shit been drugged out for the Josephs for so many years. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's kind of like we I I think, you know. We got to kind of set the tone for what can, what may or may not happen, you know?
2: But and- if you don't, if you don't go to trial and you don't actually get your case, won at trial, you don't set precedence. So you have to, you know what I'm saying? If you take a settlement, the case is done. So when I was, and I actually asked the attorneys, I'm like, cause, cause we were talking about it. I'm like, well, it does a set precedent. We won the, the MSJ and the qualified immunity. No, you have to actually win the case in court. So that's something else I don't want, we don't want to take a settlement for because we're not going to sign an NDA. It's not going to set precedence. And this is kind of, it'll be big because it's going to protect protesters from being out there protesting legally. You know what I mean? Especially in Vegas, they keep on trying to pass stupid laws about not being able to protest, you know? So we really want us to to take it as far as we can. And I know Deanna's case, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. Then you appeal, then they appeal again, then it goes back to the beginning and then it's a disaster. Right. isn't ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's ridiculous. It, uh, you never really win because you don't get your kid back. That's how I look at it. So unless I get my kid back and you can give me my kid, I'm going to take it to the end.
1: Yeah. And the and the and the fact of the matter is they not shy about you lo- using all the things that they have, all the tools that they have from lying cuz they mm-hmm. a bunch of lying liars who lie to mm-hmm. the murderous people that they are and finding different ways to get away with it but we going to shut all of this down. It might not happen tomorrow or the next day, but eventually this is going to change because we live in a a country that is one of the most violent countries in the world. And I know you know, at me, if you disagree, I don't care. But this country was founded on violence and it's being Mm -hmm. held together like bubble gum and lollipop sticks by violence. Mm -hmm. That's right. Once you put that in the in the universe, that violence is like a boomerang. It's gonna come right back to your door. And if you don't think it is, just watch. Just watch how things happen. In this country, we we're so violent, we export violence. Think about that for a minute.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Think about that for a minute. You can't and, and isn't our right to peacefully protest, isn't that the first amendment of the constitution? of this so-called United States of America, you mm-hmm. have the right to peacefully protest. You want to take away something that's in the Constitution? Oh, because you can't figure out how to control us, the rest of us, the ones that ain't trillionaires and billionaires. You can't figure out the best way to control us because killing us and putting us in prison ain't good enough. That's one
2: of the things that if you look at, and again, the, the motion for semi-judgment thing is like, 28 pages long but mm-hmm. one of the one of the violations was this violation of first amendment rights so that, that was denied so that that that's one of the that's one of the the various ones that we that we have in there is the the you know the the freedom of speech the you know so that's one of them that we have in there and they denied motion for summary judgment and qualified immunity to john squeo because he was actually the one who set it all in motion so that's one of the motions that they were denied. I mean, we put in—I don't know—I think we put in like ten motions, and we knew a lot of the, you know, 10 constitutional violations. I guess well, there was some constitutional, there were some state, but we threw everything we could at them, and we knew some we were going to abandon because we didn't have the, you know, everything we needed. We knew some that they were going to win on. But the, the main points of it, um, the main points of it, which was freedom of speech, right? The, the,
0: federal, the federal section 1983 violations, is that the one? Yep,
2: yeah, we got that one. That was a freedom of speech, 1983, unlawful search and seizure, the fourth amendment, excessive force. We got battery, we got negligence, wrong, wrongful death. So all those, they denied qualified immunity to the officers. So it wasn't just like one statue, it was lots of them they denied, you know, they denied lots of different, federal stat uh, constitutional and state. So, you know, we just threw everything at them to see what, what was actually, you know, what they were going to say. We really wanted to see what they were going to say. Yeah. We don't know until we, you know, step yeah. out
1: in, in faith and, and um, make a proclamation and just see, right. you know, uh, stick to the wall and what don't. Right. Yeah. 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 And I don't want to try
0: I don't want to chime up on anybody, but y'all, there is, um, you know, but again, don't listen to the narrative of the news, you know. Um, you hear what his mom is on here saying right now because there are some videos out in regards to having to her his son. Um, but I want y'all to kind of take, sometimes it's best to, because I mean, there, one, I think, from what whatever the video it is, kind of like, you could tell they like, put these little, um, I feel like they put these little screen, these screened, um, build images together to make a depiction of him. Am I right to say well,
2: that? Yeah, bear in mind, this is the federal building. So you got the federal building and the courthouse across the street and none of the cameras are working on the night of the protest. Yeah, okay. I don't
0: believe that, but yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't believe that at all
2: because it's <laughs> <I, I>, attitude. <laughs> okay, but okay. Uh, it's you know, and the state requires that all officers interact with the public have to wear a body cam. We got one body cam and that's the one after he was shot that ran up to him afterwards. And I couldn't even see it because it, it was- At that building, like, so it's like, no one had a camera? Like,
0: come on, bro. like,
2: no. building. The building, the, yeah. uh, the attorneys went there that Friday after we, we saw, we went to see the videos they wanted to show us. They went there and they filmed 21 cameras. There was 21 cameras on the building. They gave us one video and just happened to be that that video, had a tree right there, so you couldn't actually see what happened. Just so that was the only one that we got. And then the other one that we got, which was from very far away, was from the D building, the D resort, which was two blocks away. But it went to Las Vegas, it went to the police department first, then they recorded it in super low quality. Now, do you think if an officer was shot at the federal building, that that video wouldn't have been released within hours of it happening in pristine condition? Come on, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's we crazy ain't, how to get away with this stuff. Yeah, it ain't.
1: We ain't believing that. We're not believing <laughs> it. We're not. At, before we close, <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about those avocado ears, earrings.
2: Oh, <laughs> oh and your avocados have I got this one here, and then you can see oh. this one here. Yeah, okay. it comes around. Now. So my, my, my son was a vegetarian, he believed in sustainability he believed in sustainability. He was like very environmentally, you know, activist and stuff like that. So he loved avocados. He ate three to four avocados a day and he loved avocados. My daughter had, um, had gone to West Point and when she finished beast, which is like uh, boot camp, he flew in from the West Coast, I flew in from, from um, Orlando. And he's like, mom, I want to get a tattoo. And I'm like, sweetheart, but you don't have any tattoos. He's like, I want to get a tattoo with you. And I'm like, okay, honey, let's go look. And it was a weekend. Um, we couldn't find a tattoo. It was like the, the town, if you guys know where that is, is very small. There's not much open on a weekend. So we couldn't find a tattoo place to do us, you know, the avocados. And I was like, honey, but an avocado, you should get with a girlfriend, you know, it's kind of got an Audi, Audi like the, in an E. And he's like, no, mom, I want to get an avocado with you. So when he passed away, um, his last post on Facebook before he went to the protest um, was, I know people are tired and passionate, but don't forget to take care of yourself. And then he went to protest and then shortly after he was killed. So um, on his first birthday, his first birthday that he wasn't on this earth, I went and got the tattoo and it was the one with the pit over my heart because that's him. And then his whole, it's, it's down my whole arm. It's the whole, the whole post, his whole, the whole post, it starts up here, his whole post, and it goes all the way down. And then it ends with my avocado because my pulse, you know, and that's the story of the avocado.
1: So
2: six hours on, on his birthday, I got this.
1: Oh, wow. What
2: a, what a wonderful way
1: to memorialize your son. Yeah. What a wonderful way to, oh, he has, he has kind eyes. He, he
2: was a sweetheart, you know, how how police are liars. They're like, he had drugs. He had this, he had all this stuff. The poor kid, the only thing he had was, um, a a light, a vehicle, uh, the, one of those land, the, the headlight was out on his dad's car. So like three years earlier, he had gotten a ticket for that. He didn't have a criminal record. He didn't have, and not to say if you do, because the police do not know. When that's they right. murder you, that's what right. the hell? Who you are? That's
1: and what's what going started. And, 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 and in addition, they are not judged jury execution. executioner Correct. The Correct. Is to arrest you and get you to safely goddamn to right. the that's police.
2: You know yeah. how the police lie when they went out to the media they're saying all this crap and it's all uh-huh. a bunch of baloney but you, you know? but you know bologna. what we don't do on
1: this we don't do on this podcast gene we do not uh make uh we don't make a big deal or try to feel like we gotta uh defend That's ourselves because right. they should be here to defend themselves number one number That's two right. there's no excuse you all have been you police officers it's it's not a training issue you've been taught how to de-escalate situations but every time more often than not we talk to families like yours and they talk about how the very people who are trained trained to de-escalate situations are the very ones who escalate situations so that they will have a uh uh the the, uh, the the evidence to prove that mm-hmm. well see I had to use lethal um uh I had to be lethal in this situation no. No. we ain't believe we ain't believe you then we don't believe you now and we never gonna believe you
2: if you mm-hmm. look at if you look at the if you look at the the motion for summary judgment it says here over and over again the seaman was not breaking the law when defendants Quiroz shot him rather he was engaging in first amendment protective activities. I mean, I think we got lucky because the judge we had originally was very bad. And now the judge we have seems to really know his stuff because he even has a part in here that says um, that Squeal violated his First Amendment rights. Um, it says even something. We'll, do do- this. we'll put a copy of that. Yeah. We gotta, we'll put a
0: copy of that. Who can read that online as well? Like I said, you yeah. guys, it's important for um, you all to do your own homework. Um, I am going to say this, though, because I kind of like, you know, Uh, Again, we want to kind of teach. uh, I call it culture conditioning, right? And I hear you keep saying the word lucky, right? But I, I, but I, I just feel like we should all have the plug. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, and when it comes to justice, we should all have the plug. Period. You're right. You're right. You're right. 100. percent that we say that you know they that they got. You know, but we should all be able to, because if it happens, because if, if I killed you tomorrow, you best believe I'm going to jail. And they ain't about no damn luck. My ass is going to jail. <laughs> right. So it shouldn't be that because you're a police officer that, but by by, by hopefully that you won't get, you know, that, you know, we got to be able to change that kind of our mindset when it comes to that. I don't give a damn who it is, yo. I don't give a damn who it is that person should be afforded their rights to justice,
2: period.
0: You know what I'm saying? So we got to, it's called, we got to say culture conditioning, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has a lot to do with, you know, it, and, and the sad part is civil rights attorneys because, you know, takes these cases that take these cases and actually file civil rights cases are mm-hmm. the ones that actually have to do this and that and they have to look at it as all families have a right to have legal representation to be able Go to ahead. do this to themselves. But we don't have enough civil rights attorneys out there. One of yes. our protesters, she's just starting law school. I mean, she's 23 years old, she's always out there protesting. She's and she's like, forget this, I'm changing my major. I'm gonna be a civil rights attorney. And that's what we need. We need civil rights attorneys that understand families' cases and actually take them because it's not a one day and we're done. I mean, years. I mean, right. 10 years, you know, it's like years, you know. So, this is for the longevity. This is for the long, you know. And another thing is, they make it purposely long so people give up, so people die, so people, people can, like run out of money. You know what I'm run saying? Out of money? Yeah. I'm I mean, but it's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's crazy. You just purpose
1: count. And they count on the public to forget because, like <laughs> I say, sometimes most people got the mem- got the memory of a nap. They don't remember it, right? And so they so by them delay, delay, delay. They yeah. feel like okay, let's let's keep delaying this because in four years nobody will remember the George uh, Floyd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's exactly what I said in our
2: documentary. We had a documentary that they came out and filmed. And that's exactly what I said. I'm like, I what they do is they wait for the public to forget so they don't feel the pressure, you know? Yeah. And that's what they continue to do. Yeah. And
0: get, and a shift in the, uh, the environment was going on, right? And they didn't want to just take that rug and just, you know, sweep right mm-hmm. on there and they just keep keep on pushing. So just one more time, Mel, if you don't mind, just throw the fire up again as far as the... Um, I, I don't know why I want to keep saying. I keep wanting to get my, my words mixed up. Uh, the press conference. There will be a press conference that will be coming up pretty soon, you all. If you are in um, the Vegas area, um, please be sure to come out and support this family. I will make sure that um, uh, you know it's, it's not just with the, you know quote unquote, this family. It's it's the community. Period. We again, we have to get into our mindset that, as as like to quote the um uh, they say, just anywhere, just anywhere. That's true. And if you really believe that, I don't give a damn where you're at. If you're in Vegas, if you're not in Vegas, you you got a friend that's in Vegas, send a fire over there. Oftentimes mm-hmm. this is true. It does happen oftentimes in of the courtroom. So these um, press conferences that don't take all day, y'all know that. So I ask you guys for eight hours of your time. It's actually for one day of solidarity. If you can do so, please do so. If you can't even come out of solidarity, make sure you are sharing a fire mm-hmm. on Facebook and all your social media platforms.
1: Yes and uh say his name jorge
2: jorge gomez, gomez. Jorge. it's actually jorge antonio gomez because his dad is also jorge gomez so it's jorge, jorge. antonio, antonio gomez say his name jorge antonio
1: gomez jorge antonio gomez
2: yeah. yeah. i try to put, i try to roll like you i see you got the little roll going on over there
0: i try to do the same thing my name My
2: tongue ain't doing all that. Yeah, Jorge Antonio Gomez.
0: Jorge Antonio Gomez.
2: There you go. (laughs) Thank you guys.
1: You are so very much. Please, please come out and support. This is a community. that's like like Latoya said, this is a community issue. Mm -hmm. I like it that y'all said the press conference on your flyer because Mm -hmm. the community needs to get involved. So get involved,
0: get involved, get involved, Stay involved, get involved, don't get involved with the one shot, let's get involved and stay involved, you guys, we can't make change overnight, but we can keep fighting for overtime, you guys feel like the impact, join us again next week, Tuesday at nine o'clock,
2: all right, bye guys.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, people that have this belief of that that police don't
1: lie and stuff, but it's like, no, they lie, they lie, they put they the L lie. in lie. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but, but the thing is, another way that we're culturally conditioned, right? People will believe the police, the law enforcement officials, because of their position right? (laughs) So when it comes to indicting them and to getting it to a place where they're actually found guilty, it becomes that much more difficult because the mindset that most people have that, well, they're law enforcement. They're going to tell the truth. They're not going to do these things. But the opposite is true. They are actually perpetrating lie after lie and killing our loved ones without any accountability. Oh, heck yeah. They have no no problem. And, And the thing is, the line of corruption the network
0: um uh, that you got the judges you got the secretaries you got the, home, you got the coroner mm-hmm. you 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 have uh the the ambulance uh, everyone is mm-hmm. connected they're, they're so comfortable in what they do because they this qualified immunity gets them off the hook they ain't got the no problem speaking in that narrative even if the narratives don't even match like it did in ronnie's case Uh, Even the medical, uh, the doctor at the medical center, he was saying this doesn't add up because the police reports that was given to him, they didn't
1: match. Everybody can do something that you don't have to sit home and feel helpless and hopeless. we got to stop loud people talking about our power. That's the main thing.